starts it out. Maybe a three-on-one. Right side. Hounding comes in with Colasar. Got to do it. He scores! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Arvidsson looking for more. Shooting. Kick save. Grossois flexes out with the right pass. Now it's behind the goal. Another try. Another save, Grossois. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. We're having some fun over at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, uh, Fox Sports Las Vegas, VGK Insider Show, on location every Monday here. Come on by, enter the draw for a couple of tickets to uh, next uh, week's game involving the Golden Knights and the Vancouver Canucks, April 6th is that game, and uh, that is going to turn out to be a huge game in the playoff chase. The Golden Knights have won back-to-back. They won five straight at home, and things, uh, again, look like they've turned a corner with Alec Martinez back in the lineup and the big rally against the Chicago Blackhawks. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace, we've got the studio audience uh, here at the Underground Lounge. A bunch of people hanging out, having the uh, bucket of buds. $10 $10 bucket of buds and uh, all the drink specials, $1 blackjack. I, like Gordon, my buddy Gordon, is supposed to be here. I guarantee he's out in the lobby at the $1 blackjack table. Probably, yeah. I, I, I guarantee that. Uh, Garrett, do you think Gordon's over at the $1 blackjack table? Yeah, yeah. He's, wait, he's, waiting, he's waiting in line. Uh, the, he, he, was, he was talking about it today, about the $1 blackjack tables uh, here at Oyo Hotel Casino, free parking, uh, really close to uh, T-Mobile Arena. If you're local and you want to go to a game, uh, park over here, uh, have the drink specials, VGK drink specials, and then head on over. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights coming off the uh, weekend uh, sweep of the Nashville Predators and the Chicago Blackhawks, and now they uh, will head out on the road with a couple of games against the Seattle Kraken. Note that it's uh, two games in a row against the Kraken. It's a weird schedule coming up as they yeah, play like five of the next six games are against two teams. Uh, two in a row against the Kraken Wednesday and Friday and then they face Vancouver, the final game of the road trip yep. and it's three of the next four are against the Vancouver Canucks with a game uh, against Arizona mixed in there. So it's a it's a wonky schedule, but uh, all winnable games, and can't wait to see what they do. Uh, we've got some game ratings uh, to hand out, though. Before we get into what Pete DeBoer had to say and some of the lineup uh, changes and the personnel that were on the ice at uh, today's practice. So let's uh, rack it up for the evaluations of the win over Chicago. You see what I do that time with the pepper? You see what I do with the pepper? The people, the people, they want the pepper, all right? They want the pepper. And the win over Chicago. I want to congratulate my buddy Chicago, uh, Chris. He's one of the Zamboni drivers mm-hmm. at uh, T-Mobile Arena, the City National Arena. He's engaged, proposed at center ice. Oh, nice. After the game against Chicago. Huh. We all call him Chicago because he's from there. That makes sense. Uh, but uh, so he, he, his brother drives a Zamboni for the Chicago Blackhawks. He's the Zamboni driver for the Vegas Golden Knights. And he proposed at center ice after that thrilling comeback win by the Vegas Golden Knights. Chapman, lead us off. I'm going to go Ghost Pepper. Uh, look, we're, we're, we're obviously. That's a five out of five, right? No, that's a four out of five. I don't understand. I just assumed it was a five <laughs> out of five. Well, like one of the greatest comebacks ever. Listen, and, and we, I just assumed it was a five because out of five. We're, we're, we're only going to focus on the third period and overtime. Okay. The reality is they were down three to nothing to a very bad Chicago Blackhawks team. They got down one, nothing. They were chasing the game a little bit. It didn't seem like anything was going. Obviously everything changed. Between the second 
and third period in that intermission. But the reality is they were still down 3 nothing to a bad team in a game that they had to win in the middle of a playoff chase. I can't give it a Carolina Reaper. It was a good third period, and it was an even better overtime. But as a whole, it wasn't a great game. So you're going four out of five. Yes. You made that sound like an exhibition game in early September. Well, I said it was a it was basically a playoff game for them. I mean, they're in the chase. They 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 can't be. And then you tried to. And then you ran through every reason why it wasn't good. I'm moving on to Ryan Wallace. Uh, tell me what you got, Wallace. All right. So we've talked about how I am not looking at the process, right? Mm-hmm. We have talked about how all I care about are results, wins and losses. It was a win. It was a win when it didn't appear the Golden Knights were going to be able to muster even a goal, let alone a three-goal comeback in three minutes and 16 seconds, and then falling behind again, answering that bell just a minute after going down 4-3, to three, and then the storyline, the cap-off of that week for Evgeny Dodonov. I don't know how you go anywhere but Ghost Pepper. Or I'm sorry, Carolina Reaper. It's Carolina Reaper. It's 5 out of 5, and anyone that says otherwise is paying too much attention to the process. Yes, and he's talking to you, Chapman. Chapman. The one time he doesn't uh, talk. No, turns I, his mic on. Uh, no, Chapman I, I, I said mic. my piece. Chapman starts to talk and defend himself when he knows he doesn't have a stool to stand on. Uh, five, five out of five. G- give it, book it. Uh, I was to the point where, where they came and, and tied it and then fell behind yeah. like the, the big rally and then we're trailing four three I'm like just find it find a way to get a point out of this baby because that's one of the areas that's cost them is, yeah. is regulation losses in all those close games they haven't been able to just squeak out a single point overtime or shootout loss yeah and that would have uh, made this whole journey uh that much less stressful so get the uh get the the uh, game to overtime and then at least you you get a point and in overtime Logan Thompson made a couple of saves. Like they, they were chasing a little bit. How about the play? All the stuff we've talked about, and Martinez, we've, we've paid attention to the speech and returning from injury uh, and uh, the, the, the rally and being able to grab victory from defeat. Nick Waugh on that shift. Yeah. Going over. I thought they were going to start playing carnival music. <laughs> you know, when, when you're... Uh, when you're on the horsey going around the yeah. carousel, yeah, and because he was going around and around, he looked like Kirill Kaprizov uh, when he starts going around, and and nobody really knows where to go or what to do because he keeps doing it. That was an amazing exhibition of patience and strength and skill by Nick Waugh to eventually set up the winning goal. So there's a couple of things. One, the the work from Nick Waugh was fantastic, but also. The ability of Jonathan Marchessault to, ju- to not just relinquish possession of the puck, right? Like, no. you have a tired Chicago Blackhawks core on the ice. Jonathan Marchessault puts the puck to, a, to an area where Nick Waugh can pick it up, and Waugh just goes to work, and he allows Evgeny Dodonov to read off of what he's doing in the offensive zone. I love the poise and the patience of Nick Waugh to hold on to the puck. I love the ability for the Golden Knights in that moment not to just panic and give away possession. And all of that led to just a brilliant shot from Evgeny Dodonov. But you're right. The, 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 move, the maneuvering, the playmaking, the ability to hold on to the puck uh, by Nick Waugh in that moment was fantastic. Those are your game ratings brought to you by Nova. Nova Home Loans, best combination of service rates and fees 
We have two fives and a four. Guess who the Scrooge is today? Well, the thing is, I, I, knew, I was again. I wasn't going to identify there's, you. There's I was no, just going well, well, to well, let here, it hang here, out here's, here's the only counter I have for Ryan. You don't care about the process. It's only about wins or results. So does that basically mean that it's either going to be yeah. a, a, yes. a bell pepper or yes. a Carolina Reaper? That's yes. it? So throw the yes. other three out then? In in my ratings, yeah. Okay. Like, it, I'm not telling you what to do. No, no, no. I, I, I just want to clarify like, that, that that's where I, we've reached that point in the season. So here's so here yes Chapman there's Bob, 14 Bob Ross would be very disappointed in you no, that's all I, I want to know, know. Set, set up one of those polls uh, is is Chapman being stingy by not awarding no, that you, a 5 out of 5 you don't want to know the results to that they every, I would say it's probably going to be like an 80 20 split like one, one of in the greatest of Chapman one of the greatest regular season yes performances in franchise history. One of the greatest third periods in okay, franchise history. It's yeah. still, yeah, it's a comeback, though, right? Like, that's that's how. And, and the Dodonov factor. Tell, but I'm telling you, the that's Dodonov how. The factor, like, puts the cherry on top, pushes it all the way over. No, I, I agree. And, and again, like, Chapman, kind of going back to what you're asking me, yeah, it's going to be Bell Pepper or it's going to be a Carolina Reaper. And the reason being is you're 14 games away from the end of the season. Frankly, I don't care how they do it, so long as they win nine or ten more games and they find themselves in the playoffs, it doesn't matter how you get it done. You just have to get the job done. So it's going to be one or the other. It's going to be at the, at the lowest of lows and the highest of highs because I'm not looking at the process anymore. We've had this conversation. We've talked about it. I've been banging on the drum of process all season long. But the process and, and, and turning corners and getting better and adding that nuance – it only works up up until a certain point where you just simply have to win games no matter what. So right now, it's no matter what. Fair Chapman, enough. This is where you can apologize for being stingy. I'm not apologizing. Look, hey, I, you, I, I, I heard what Ryan said about the poll that would probably be 80-20 in favor of me because I think I, yeah, you, you I, I, I kind of feel, like I, I feel like I, I speak for the fans here. The fans do care about the process. Uh, no, we, no, no, no. The fans care about the process insofar as they're going to complain. They will complain about that win and, and kind of go in, in your line of thinking that they should have just ran away against the Chicago Blackhawks. It should have been 7 or 8 nothing Vegas because that's how every game should always go. Well, I, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't think no, that. No, I just don't I, think they should have been down 3 nothing to that team. Well, right, but, like, we're, we're also – pretending that hockey happens in a vacuum no we're, like, but, we're, but, but we're the, taking variants out of the equation well here. we could look at certain aspects of it too like when when chicago's first line was on the ice they basically controlled yeah, the puck well, they they, they did what they wanted to i mean if logan line. thompson wasn't as good as he was they lose that game chapman if if will smith can apologize to chris rock <laughs> then you should apologize i i and will not happened. apologize will i smith saw that just yeah. apologize I, I will not apologize for uh, for the incident last night at the Academy Awards. Well, I'm a, I'm I'm a worse human being than Will Smith because I, I, I do want to touch on on, on that uh, uh, where you guys rated that fight uh, as regard to and related to uh, uh, hockeyfights.com because we they, they rate all the fights. Uh, we've got uh, some some sound to come to you from Pete DeBoer, and Pete was asked today because we've got big picture now and little picture. Uh, winning every game is important to try and build up some momentum. You also have 14 games left. You're one point ahead of the Dallas Stars for the second wildcard position. Dallas has games in hand. How many wins does Vegas need in the final 14 games? Pete DeBoer was talking about big picture, 
and small picture today at his media availability? Well, you, you want to uh, keep it uh, small picture, you know, next game, win a game, win a game. I think that's been our approach. I think uh, we did talk a little bit about the big picture of 14 games left. And, um, you know, I think, uh, like I said, I really believe our, our destiny is in our own hands. You know, we're going to have to win nine or ten of them to give ourselves a chance. And we know that. And we're capable of doing that. So nine or ten. I've heard as many as 11, as few as nine out of 14. Let's put our bets on the table right now. Not really bets, but what they need to win. And I don't want you to go 12 just because that guarantees it and you'll feel better about yourself. What's the minimum number of games it will take for Vegas to get into the Stanley Cup playoffs? Is it nine? Is it eight? That might toot those two, two points. I mean, you're looking 76 points right now. Yep. If if you win 10 games uh, from right now. 96 points. That's that's a lock. I, I think 96 is a lock. If you've got some combination of, of 18 points, that gets a little dicey at 94. I'm not sure you can go any less than than 17, which puts you at 93. So I'm I'm going nine wins gets Vegas in. I and you can feel free to to agree with me. Yeah, I I think this is really tough because the idea of putting out into the universe that this team that I believe this team has to go 10 and 4 over the final 14 is just a a hard thing to to throw out into the into the universe. That being said, if we're talking about you don't need help from anybody else, you just take care of your business, you get this number of wins, then I think you're in. It it's still double digits. It's 10 wins for me. I think you you win 10 games out of your final 14. I think the Golden Knights are in no matter what Dallas does, no matter what any other team does. I think that's how they control their own destiny. I think anything less than 10 wins, you're looking at 9, 8, 7. You're needing a lot of help from a lot of other teams. The good thing is Vegas faces Dallas one more time. You play Vancouver three more times, competing against the Vancouver Canucks for that final spot uh, right now. You play Edmonton once in those games. So there's three, four, five games against teams that you're directly competing against for this final playoff spot five out of the 14 against clubs that you're going to head to head with that's big now seattle twice that should be an advantage chicago once that should be an advantage st louis at the end of the year you hope st louis is home and cooled they might dress something less than their normal roster i don't know but you're going to face either billy huso or uh, jordan binnington in that game uh but on the flip side you got Calgary, Washington uh, in the mix here. Those are those are tougher games, uh, and and that's just uh, the the reality of it. The schedule, I'm not gonna not gonna dress this up for you. The schedule is there mm-hmm. for Vegas to do this. Yeah, it's right in front of them to take advantage of. I think they need nine. Chapman, how many? I think they need more than both of what you guys are saying. All right, so I, what's your number? I, my number is I think they need 97 points, and here's why. 
Wow. Because in years past, we've kind of said 94, 95 points is the cutoff, but we're not taking into account that there's another team in the league this year. So now all those other teams that generally you'd be fighting for for 95, 94 points, they also have the advantage of having games against the Kraken who aren't very good. So I think we need to add a little bit more to that 94, 95. I think 97, that's 21 points. That's a lot. I think the Seattle Kraken makes a three-point difference or four-point difference. I think I think it in does the, in for, the final playoff for, for, team. for teams in the Pacific Division. Okay, I don't know. Like full transparency here, I don't fully understand your line of thinking there, and I'll have to do a little bit more research into it. Uh, and before I criticize you uh, and, or uh, totally agree with you, I want to dive into it. But if you're saying the addition of the Seattle Kraken to the National Hockey League in the Pacific Division. Uh, is going to force the second wildcard team to have uh, four more points than average. I'm going to call your bluff on that, but I do reserve the right to do a little bit more research uh, on that uh, on that step. Uh, as far as who is on the ice today, it was uh, a, a different looking group. Alex Petrangelo and Matthias Janmark were maintenance days, but you did have the return of Robin Leonard, who is a full participant in practice, and Braden McNabb wore the baby blue non-contact sweater. Both are considered to be sooner than later as far as their returns. Yep. That is big. But William Carrier was not on the ice. It was not a maintenance day. He is dealing with something and is not considered to be uh, returning in the short term. So you had a little bit of everything today at practice, but having Leonard out there and Braden McNabb big boost uh, as this team goes on the road. Don't know whether they will make the trip. That'll be decided tomorrow after practice, but all indications are we could be seeing them in game action soon. Yeah, as far as just the idea of getting Rob and Leonard back into the fold, I think that that's going to be massive for the Golden Knights. And, and, you know, we've talked an awful lot here about Logan Thompson, but the fact of the matter is if you can get your ace back into the fold and you can get Robin Leonard back into the crease and getting his game where you need it to be down the stretch run and hopefully into the playoffs, that's that's really the, the first order of business that has to happen for the Golden Knights. And then if you're able to, over the course of seven days, add Alec Martinez and Braden McNabb back into your defense core. And Zach Whitecloud. And Zach Whitecloud, you're absolutely right. Uh, that's a huge boost for a team that was able to find wins with essentially two regulars in the lineup on a nightly basis. Like that, that was a stretch on the blue line with Alex Petrangelo and Shea Theodore and Dylan Coughlin stepping up into a bigger role. Those guys left it all out on the table. And, and I, I, you, you look at that, you understand how depleted the Golden Knights were on the blue line. If within a week you can get five or six guys back into the fold that you anticipated having at the beginning of the year, that's massive. Now the issue on the other side is who's still out. And Kelly McCrimmon was quoted today. He's at the general manager meetings, by the way. Uh, general managers uh, gathering in person for the first time since 2020, which is uh, another great sign and they can do uh, a lot more work. Uh, Kelly McCrimmon said that uh, Leonard is very close uh so he practiced uh today he was on the ice last week and uh he said uh by week's end that uh, he might be able to play mark stone going to be a little bit longer than that uh, he 
followed up the Stone comment, and this, this is really interesting uh, because we haven't heard from Kelly on, on this. The thing with Stone, and this is Kelly McCrimmon talking, is that we were kind of told right from the start, you just, just because you're giving him this chunk of time, there's no guarantees. So it's not like a broken wrist. It's not like anything you can uh, quantify a return date. It's tricky. So the best that I can say, Kelly McCrimmon, is that we're hopeful and we're expecting that he will return by the end of the year, but can't tell you that it's going to happen. I mean, that's not ideal, right? No. Like, and we, all, we all recognize that and understand that. And I just, you know, the, the idea that, that the Golden Knights wouldn't move heaven and earth right now to get Mark Stone back into the fold if he was healthy is a ridiculous one. It's a ridiculous notion. Um, and that ambiguity makes it really difficult to kind of project what the Golden Knights might do if they get into the playoffs, right? Because yeah. like, I think we all have kind of operated under this idea that y- you get yourself in, hopefully the, the rest and the recovery and the, and the rehab that's going on right now with Mark Stone gets him to a point where he's able to join this team in the playoffs. You're able to get a roster close to what you envisioned in your mind when you made the Jack Eichel trade, and maybe you go on a run. But this, this, this update from Kelly paints a, a more ambiguous picture than I think we, we really anticipated going down the stretch run. That it's a, it's a fluid situation. Yeah. I mean, Max Pacioretty is a great example of how delicate recovering from an injury is. Yeah. Took the morning skate, was uh, a possibility that night, suffered a setback, wasn't on the ice. Yep. And, and wasn't at, uh, in practice today, which takes us back to uh, where, where they are from the roster. McNabb's close. Yep. Martinez is back in. And how about that, uh, like being on the ice today uh, for Alec Martinez? Not just a guy skating around to practice and uh, hoping that, that things turn, but uh, a guy that, that answered all the questions about going out there and being in the lineup and, and playing a game. Uh, they have him. But no Stone, no Pacioretty, no Smith, uh, no Hag, yep. no... McNabb right now, but right. but 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 getting closer. No Brassois. Uh Who am I missing? Howden, uh, Patrick. Howden, Patrick. Carrier. So there. That, that, that's just. It, it's funny how we're we've gone through this stretch of so many players being out that when you see a Leonard and a McNabb skating at practice and Martinez returning to the lineup the other night and White Cloud coming off COVID, you go, boy, they're they've really turned a corner health wise. But they still have 10 guys out. Well, and, and that's, that's kind of been the, the entire situation. And, and one of the that I think is lost a lot when it comes to evaluating this team is there have been stretches where Mark Stone has come back and played games. There have been stretches where Max Pacioretty has come back and played games. You've gotten uh, a healthy William Carlson since his early season injury. But it has been a carousel, a rotating cast of characters on IR or LTIR all season long for the Vegas Golden Knights. And it's, it's funny because every single time you and I have come on to this program and had a conversation about getting closer to healthy, we're right back in this situation three, four, five games later where the list of players out is essentially the same as it was before we had the conversation that they might be getting healthier. Yeah. Kelly McCrimmon, as far as the math, and what Vegas has to do with 14 games to go. Yeah. 
said, I don't spend a lot of time on the math of others. I just know ourselves that we kind of think that likely 10-4 and four over the final 14 games is what we need to get to. 10-4. and four. And that, Great minds. That's where it is. Nine? Uh, yeah, maybe. Going, going into the final 21, I had 12 wins. Or try and get to 13 uh, or somehow get to 26, 26 points, so maybe a couple of overtime losses. Uh, eight wins would get us to, to the 12. And that, that is still in the area, but based on just a, a couple of Vancouver, I didn't think would be a Winnipeg is still in this thing uh, right now. They, they, had, they had a big win. Uh, there's there's a, a few teams that are still in this, and some teams that, boy, there's going to be some regrets on like Dallas. If they, if they don't get in, what they left as far as free agents that didn't deal down the stretch, yeah. uh, Nashville, massive win yesterday. But, uh, but keeping for uh, Winnipeg with a couple of free agents. Uh, Vancouver uh, didn't deal everybody away. A lot of people did some tweaking at the trade deadline, but still kept in it. And I love what the managers did. And they're being paid off with uh, like 16 playoff race here in the West. Listen, I think the West is going to be awesome down the stretch. I really do. And, and you know what? I, I, I applaud some of the teams that are right there for, for kind of going for it, sticking to it. I, you know, as, as much as I've kind of harped on the Nashville Predators in the past for, for being one of those teams that, that like talks themselves into it right around the deadline that they can make the playoffs, I, I think the race down the stretch, these final 14 games for the Golden Knights, and then whatever, the, whatever it looks like for other teams, 16 games, 18 games, every single one is going to be important. Every single one is going to feel more uh, bigger than just a regular season game. And you know what? Whichever teams get in, whether it be the Golden Knights in, in the second, third, or wild card spot, uh, whether it be Dallas, whether it be Nashville, whether it be, say, Vancouver, a team that, that comes from the outside and sneaks in, whatever teams end up there are going to give themselves a hell of a shot come first round because they're playing playoff hockey right now. You can't say the same for the Colorado Avalanche. They're nope. not. I talked to my buddy Bruce Boudreau a couple of weeks ago, and... He said, Doug, we'll see, you, uh, we'll see you in March. We'll see you in April. And I said, yeah, we'll, we'll grab a coffee. He's like, let's hope it means something. And I didn't think that they were going to be in it. They're in it right now. That three-game set uh, between Vegas and Vancouver is a big one, and you can go to the April 6th game. If you come down here, fill out a ballot, and you are the lucky one to be picked, grab some uh, Hooters swag. We've got some uh, spitting chiclet swag. It's a couple of calendars out there. Uh, a lot to take home. Uh, and if you win the tickets to the April 6th game, just by coming down, filling out a ballot, don't have to do anything. You can hang out with us, have a beer or have a drink, and uh, and chill with us. But uh, you don't even have to do that. You can just uh, be a uh, one and done do a flyby and fill it out but if you win those uh, those tickets we'll put you in a draw to win a golden vegas golden knights sweater at a year end draw and uh and while you're here grab a bucket of bud some jim beam some new amsterdam some drink specials here and or join gordon out at the one uh, dollar blackjack 
He must oh, be on. He must be on a heater right yeah, now. Yeah, he's feeling it. I could see. Guaranteed. Uh, we've got one-timers coming up as we continue live from the Underground Lounge at Oil Hotel and Casino on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. One-timers brought to you by Paul Powell Law. More lawyer, less fee. We have the general manager's meeting in Florida, and there's uh, a lot happening uh, over there. First time that the managers have met in person since 2020, and media goes there, and we, uh, we the media, we camp out, and we've got our various uh, people that we want to get quotes from, and we basically just uh, chase them. Nice. And, and after sessions... The, the managers will go for lunch or they'll go back to their, their rooms or whatever, and we chase them down the hall. One of those uh, managers that uh, was caught up to today, Kent Hughes of the Montreal Canadiens, and he was asked about Martin Saint-Louis. Okay. I'd like to see him part of the Montreal Canadiens for the long term and remove the interim tag. Ooh. If that's the question you're asking, he told uh, a member of the media. So there you go. Uh, they uh, have seen enough of Martin St. Louis and say if he wants the job, he's got it. Surprised at all that they're not taking a, uh, we'll take a step back at the end of the season, uh, evaluate things, uh, have our conversations with our hockey department, see where Martin is, and uh, make a decision after that. There was none of that today. Uh, am I surprised by that? No, not really. Um, again, I, I feel like for the Montreal Canadiens, you need you need a guy in there like Marty St. Louis who who wants to empower his players, who wants his players to kind of you know play within a structure for sure, but also make reads and also I mean that was kind of a big part of his introductory press conference. And when you have players like Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield, and you can empower those guys to go out there and make plays and, and lean into their skill, I think it's important for their development. Now. Do I think Martin St. Louis is going to be the guy or the coach that's going to be around this team when they are when the rebuild's over and they're looking to compete and they're looking to to, to go all in, say in a playoff race or, or as a contender? I'm not sure that I'm sold there, but mm. hockey sense is hockey sense. Understanding how to explain the game, teach the game, um, it, it's certainly clear that Martin St. Louis is doing something right uh, with this team. So. No, I'm not terribly surprised. Hmm. They might get Carey Price back. There was no definitive uh, answer on that today. They hope to have him back uh, this year, but it uh, all depends on his health. Montreal became the first team to be eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, on the weekend. They are two points up on Arizona, the Coyotes, in the basement of the National Hockey League. So there's some uh, Montreal Canadiens news. I don't know whether uh, Martin St. Louis is going to be the, the seat filler there. Or not. Uh, he's he certainly put a level of enthusiasm in uh, to it. Strategically, uh, I, we'll, we'll, that, that's going to be one where we're going to have to watch it a little bit closer because when he took over, they were at their lowest of lows. And it, it's really difficult to go all in on what's reality or what's just playing in garbage time uh, of the National Hockey League season and they're in the uh, in the silly moment uh, of, of the National Hockey League season. Uh, in the general manager's meeting today, one thing they were talking about is the scoring being up. 
How about this? Okay. The National Hockey League is on pace to score 6.2 goals per game. It's the highest rate of improvement in 25 years. Huge. So some of you listening, that's your whole lifetime. Biggest jump in scoring. Uh, it's up from 5.9 goals per game in the first quarter uh, of the season. That's massive. 5.9 to 6.2. Mm-hmm. Huge. But here's where, where the biggest difference is. And I, I didn't realize this because normally you just assume it's, it's balanced across the board. But even strength goals okay. are accounting for 78% of the goals right now. Wow. I didn't think I was that even close to being that high. Yeah. And that's the second highest percentage in the expansion era. The expansion era goes back to 1967. Okay. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. More than 50 years. That we're getting the highest rate of even strength goals. In, in 19, or 2005, let's say. I'll pick that number. Okay. 2005, even strength goals, 61%. It's crazy, the difference. So 15 <laughs> years ago, yeah. it was 61%. Now five-on-five five scoring's 78%. And it's it's not like the, the people have figured out the power play and scoring's down. Scoring's up. Yeah. Five-on-five goals are you can make a case are more valuable now than power play goals are because you're scoring more of them yeah so i think it just it kind of underscores the individual talent on display on a nightly basis in this game the the ability to create at five on five the ability to um not be impeded i I, i'm i'm glad scoring's up because Hockey's more fun when there's a lot of goals. Um, I love seeing 11-2 games or, you know, 9-5 games in which the Edmonton Oilers just absolutely don't show up for the third period. So, yeah, I, I think I think scoring being what it is, oh, and, the, and the, you know, kind of leading into your point, nine even strength goals for the Calgary Flames in that game, which is just astounding. It, it used to be that you would never have a nine-goal game, 10-goal game, 11-goal game if you didn't pick up a few on the power play. And there are teams that are able to just score at will on five, at five on five. Calgary outscored Edmonton 9-2, even <laughs> strength the other night. Yeah. It was a 9-5 game, yeah. but it was it was 9-2 yeah. at, at even strength, Love which it. is uh, was absolutely shocking. So we had, we had a nine-goal game. We had an 11-goal game. We've had team score, uh, well, the, the Toronto game a couple yeah. weeks ago. Uh, Arizona had like a four-game stretch where they scored like 40 goals. It was ridiculous. So is it a, a blip? Like you can't say it's just because teams are playing inside their own division or, or anything like that. Like if this was going to happen, I would have thought it would have happened last year when you were tired of playing team and you're, you're, uh, you, you were out of the playoffs and you're just playing it out against the same old, same old uh, team, but these these games are, and it's different teams. It's good teams. It's bad teams uh, that are scoring goal. Are we going to see a little bit more of this? I don't think that we are. Once everything gets back to a normal calendar, and the reason that I, I think you're really? probably the reason I think you're seeing it now is a compounding effect of fatigue, right? Like when you think about the idea that within an 18 month period you will have played. 
granted a shortened season, but you will have played a two full seasons in 18 months. You will have had a 50, 56 game schedule that essentially had you playing every other night was a sprint all the way through. And then you had a full playoff experience there. And then you have a couple of months off and now you're right back into the throes of an 82 game schedule. And because you have had to get back on a regular calendar, you have condensed everything again here late in the year. I think this is every single team, all the players, everyone being tired from the last year and four months five months of just non-stop hockey because it's felt like non-stop hockey i think it's uh, more normal we're gonna we're gonna have it happen it's gonna continue and the, it'll be and something to keep an eye on next year it's not just the bad goalies that are doing it we're gets your fifth in the in the depth chart sure the, the two games on the weekend I, were against national hockey League i think goalies. i think once you get back to a normal off season once you get back to being able to decompress the way that you're used to as a professional athlete. No decompressing. I'm, I'm making it illegal. Uh, the Boston Bruins, how about this? 14-2-1 in their last 17. That's been a quiet run. Yeah, we, we saw them roll through Vegas and, and were very good. Contender or pretender? Um, you don't want to do it, but 14-2-1 is real. I mean, it's 14-2-1 in, in the regular season. Like, as, I, I hear you as much as I, as much as I. Buddy, they're playing, they're playing in a division with I, Florida who hasn't I won hear, a series since 1996. I and Toronto, you. which hasn't won a Stanley Cup or been to a final since 1967. I, I hear you, but their road goes through Tampa. Their yeah. road goes through Tampa. And I don't buy the Boston Bruins over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now. They would get Florida. Uh, no, they would get uh, Carolina in the first round right now. If the playoffs started today, okay, that changes a bit. Uh, I, I, oh, I don't buy Carolina. Like I, I want to buy Carolina. I bought Carolina the last two years. It hasn't worked out well for me. Um, I still tend to believe, or, or at least have a feeling, that it's going to be Boston needing to go through the Atlantic. In that regard, I don't buy them as a contender. Over if they, if they get into the Metro. Maybe we can talk about it. Overreaction or not, Will Smith on Chris Rock. Okay. So assault is never is never appropriate. You should never assault somebody. That's not something you should do. Um, having, being somebody that has cared for sick individuals, um, my mom and my dad, for a long period of time, joking about illnesses uh not necessarily something that i think you should do but two wrongs don't make a right um the fact that will smith was not escorted out of the building off of the premises after assaulting somebody speaks volumes about what you're allowed to get away with when you're rich and famous uh those are my thoughts on it bigger overreaction will smith against chris rock or brad marchand on tristan jari <laughs> uh brad martian come on like <laughs> how about that bleeping save is a little different than you know making fun of somebody's wife for a medical condition i don't know whether chris rock knew about that medical you think I they think would he, i think he knew about it come on thank you by the way and and full disclosure like i'm Will not Smith saying laughed at the joke and then turned it, around it and was, jada wasn't happy but will smith laughed at the joke it was all really weird it was all very, very strange. Uh, Did you think it was a setup? 
There were moments I did, and then there were, there were moments I didn't. Like Here's the problem. See, seeing he was, the he, laugh. He, he, he's the best actor in the world. How do you know whether he's acting or not? I mean, I, I don't know that I'd go out on that well, limb and say... One, one I, no, I get, I get what... I get he won. I, I, I'm just saying that's, that's a I think Chris Rock large showed incredible restraint not to turn that into a brawl. Well, I don't think Chris Rock can take Will Smith. What? If, if you slap me... You don't think I'm like pushing you back and doing something? I don't know, man. Like I, I, I saw, I saw or, Gary or, Wallace manhandle you, and you just meagerly fall into the corner. That was self-preservation. Okay. Yeah, sure. And he had I'm, a stick in his hand. Come on, he had a stick in his hand. Ridiculous. The, but not to turn that into spectacle and turn around and present an award after. Okay, that was some poise. Um, and and Chris Rock, you can dine out on that incident no for listen, the rest of your career this is going to be this is going to turn out to be something amazing for chris so you Rock, think it's okay that he they put fits that into a stand-up routine i think he'll go he looked like anyway. he was going down a path i think he's going he, to anyway he looked he like stopped. he was going to go yeah. and i want to know what that joke will smith apologized today but uh you'll you'll hear that joke i needed to hear that given enough then. time you'll hear that joke so how long did it take you to realize that it was real I thought it was fake at the start. You know, I, I thought it was one of those acting slaps. The were you watching live? No, absolutely not. I was absolutely not. I didn't even know that the Oscars were last night until I saw the timeline blow up. I didn't see. I didn't know any, that at all. Uh, listen, I, I I still have my reservations. Like I, I don't understand Chris Rock's desire to stand there with his hands behind his back, with his chin out, as Will Smith walks up. That well, you being never said, think that that's going to happen to the Oscars. I don't know. Maybe. I just like listen. I, I don't know. I still have my reservations about all of it. You're seeing pretty seeing good penalty the, box uh, chirping though, back and forth between the two of them on stage and at the table. Yeah, sure. I, I I don't have strong opinions outside of don't assault people, don't make fun of people's illnesses, and you're probably not going to end up in this situation. The best joke I saw was why did Will Smith slap Chris Rock? Instead of punch him, mm-hmm. so he used the open hand. The yeah, slap no, I, I was know where you're going. Paper beats rock. Yep. If you're really get, feeling get, accomplished, huh? I I thought that was pretty funny. I didn't yeah. come up with that one. No, and you didn't do it. You didn't do it any justice. That either was pretty with your good. Timing. That was pretty good. I wanted to make sure Butchered Jed was paying, a, paying attention. It's terrible. Uh, those are your one timers. Uh, brought to you by Paul Powell Law. More lawyer, less fee. Don't, hey, don't. Don't chirp me. I'll come over there and I'll yeah, whack you. Let's right. see it. See? Let's see it. Come on. And then, and then you would do something. So that's why I, I think Chris Rock was. Uh, I wouldn't do anything. Quick. I'll sit here. I bet you the after party. Nicole Kidman, flabbergasted. Couldn't believe it. But you're, you're really dialed into this, aren't you? I was. And Will Smith did initially laugh at the joke. I, he did I initially s- laugh at the joke. I saw and it. And then Mama wasn't happy. And I'm right with him there. If Mama's not happy, I'm not happy. Mama makes my world go round. Uh, one-timers brought to you by Paul Powell, Paul Powell Law, more lawyer, less fee. When we come back, catching up with Chapman on Fox Sports Las Vegas as we broadcast live from the Oil Hotel and Casino and the Underground Lounge. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So to further emphasize a little bit about what I was talking about in the first segment. Oh, are you? Oh, listen to you. No, no, no. Listen. So the Seattle Kraken could actually be a factor in this thing because every team that we've talked about, Vegas, Dallas, Los Angeles, Edmonton, 
they all have games remaining against the Kraken. I'm not saying that. No, I'm no, just no, saying but, but, I don't think it's it's four points. Uh, well, the, the it, it very well may be for some of these teams because Dallas plays them twice. Los Angeles plays them twice. The Golden Knights play them twice. Edmonton once. By the way, the only team that's lost to them, Edmonton. They've lost to them twice. So uh, there's no gimme for the Oilers as they take on the Kraken uh, in the remaining schedule that they have uh, before we get to the postseason. You're not supposed to use catching up with Chapman as a way to double down. No, well, well I mean, I could use it for anything yeah, I can want. Use it however you want yeah. to. He chose not to talk about Will Smith so that he could double down on Seattle. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, with it. I mean, look, Seattle. Seattle could be a factor in this. That's all I'm saying. If they if they play well against these teams and they take points away from some of these teams, that could be a big that could be a big thing. Somebody tweeted me that uh, they won't go see a Will Smith movie because of that. Oh, like really? I couldn't even tell you the last Will Smith movie I saw. Bad Boys Nine. <laughs> I think it very well may have been Independence Day. I didn't. I didn't see the uh, the Williamses. Uh, Amy Schumer, by the way, unbelievable. Is she funny or what? Yeah, she's good. When she came back from break and said, uh, "What did I miss?" That was pretty funny. Ah, uh, it, uh, she's she's brilliant. Didn't watch it. And she said, uh, "Women were at the forefront this year. They made a movie about the Williams sisters. Father." <laughs> That uh, was good. Uh, you guys got to get that one. We'll talk to you tomorrow.